Before we get started today, I just want to have a moment of silence for the Bronx. We are going through some very difficult times. If you have not heard, DeSouza Merrill broke up. Jennifer married a Bostonian and AOC is outside playing performative politics. We are living in the upside down and my borough needs to be saged. So I just ask that we have a collective moment of silence and also that y'all respect our privacy at this time. Hey, it's your girl Snobby and welcome back to Black Girl SOS, a podcast designed to be an annals of resources that we can go back to, a place where black women can feel supported, a place where black women can feel encouraged, and a place where black women can come to unlearn the things that no longer served us or never served us. Today, we are talking about black business. Is it that we don't understand business or are we truly entitled to the protective nature that we feel over our businesses? Now, hear me out before you jump to conclusions on what we're actually talking about. So very recently, this company, The Honey Pot, um, which is or was a black-owned company, sold their company. And so now they are a founded by a black company. And I don't need to tell you that the socials went into a whole uproar over the fact that we're always losing our brands. You know, it goes from black-owned to being bought out, and then it's founded by, and then the product is never the same, or, you know, just a myriad of complaints, concerns, X, Y, and Z. If you are not familiar with the brand The Honey Pot, it is a brand that was founded by a black woman, and it is a plant-derived feminine hygiene product line. Super popular. I've seen this brand all over my feed, from the advertisements to the influencers to just the girls checking in to say, do this, use this, this work, this, 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 that. So it was a very, very popular brand. It was well-received. The girls loved it. Personally, I have never used it, so I don't have a dog in this fight. Let me just put that disclaimer out. My my only, you know, air of attachment or information is business. And... This is not the first time, obviously, that this has happened. This has happened with brands that I, you know, was beloved to, like, the main choice and Shea Moisture, things of that sort. So this is not the first time we've seen it happen over and over again. And whenever it happens, black people are in an uproar because, well, for one, we don't have a lot of our own products as is. Like, it's a revolution. It's very nouveau for us to be able to walk into the Targets, the Walmarts of the world, and find products that cater specifically to us. That is, for all intents and purposes, a very recent phenomenon. And I'm not saying recent like it just started yesterday, but I did not grow up that way. I did not grow up having access to hair care products in my local grocery store. I remember vividly needing to walk to the hood to find a beauty supply store to get appropriate shampoo and conditioners and detanglers for my hair when I was in college. So for all intents and purposes, it is very nouveau to be able to walk into your local Target or your local supermarket if you live outside of 
BIPOC communities and find products that cater to us. So I get why we tend to be very protective. My train of thought was also, are we overlooking the business portion of it though? Because these are businesses, these are small businesses that clearly understand the life cycle of a business and went into it with the intention of fully executing that life cycle. Now, some people start a business with the intent to grow that business, to keep that business in the family, to hand that business down. Others go into it with the intention of sending that, that company public and becoming rich. There's a life cycle to business that I think often goes overlooked, and that's what, when I saw the reaction to the honeypot being sold, it really just prompted me to ask, are we just being overprotective or is it that we maybe just don't have the understanding of what the business cycle is and that is causing us to have this level of a reaction? So here's the thing. We are always talking about generational wealth, generational wealth, generational wealth. I hear it or read it 4,000 times a day from conversations to group chats to the socials, emails, newsletters, you name it, generational wealth is always a topic of conversation when it comes to black people and our community and our families. This is a very large part of how many other people have created generational wealth. And I feel like it very often goes overlooked for, well, I want my products and now we don't have this or we don't have that. Hear me out. Let's start with the basics. The business life cycle. Your business is a startup. Your business has a growth error. Your business has a maturity error. Your business has a transition slash succession error. This is where you sell or close your business depending on you know what your, your end goal is with your business. Now, the previous owner of the Honey Pot, she went on social media and gave an explanation for the sale and all the things. And basically, what she shared was that the succession plan for her business had always been to sell. This is what business people do all the time. They create really great businesses. They sell it to mega corporations. They collect their money. They start something else. They now have even more money to put back into their families. They, they now have money to invest into other businesses. They have money to become angel investors. They now have more money to work with. And the more you do that, it's like a snowball effect, right? You start to accumulate what? Wealth. As that wealth is passed down in a myriad of ways, from actual capital to education to opportunities to access, that is how you begin the cycle of generational wealth. When I saw it, I was like, well done, you know? Like, I, I get it. Like, I, I listen, I was impressed, okay? <laughs> I was impressed and I was happy for her. I will give you the caveat. If you don't know, I am a business and tax attorney by day. And a lot of my work is with small businesses and with BIPOC business owners. So for me, it was a win. It was a great thing to see, and I loved it. As I delved further into the concerns, a lot of the concerns were 
about how very swiftly the brand already changed. It just got sold and already the products were not of the same quality. That, that is a different concern, but that is a, what's the word I'm looking for? That is an accompanying concern because very often once a small brand is sold to a mega business, a mega corp, a conglomerate, well, what they're going to do is make it a more globally accessible product, number one. And number two, they are going to make it a product with a longer shelf life. And that is where a lot of the change in product issues stem from. So I understood where everybody was coming from with that because I personally had that experience and I was enraged. But also, I didn't get the heads up that the brand was being sold. So when I had purchased the product, thinking I was getting what I'd always used, lo and behold, that was not the case. So real quick, what happened with me was, me and Shea Moisture, a line from Shea Moisture, we were in a love story. We were magically in love. This product was doing all the right things. I was in the street doing a butterfly. I knew I was cute. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was definitely doing a Roger Rabbit at the bus stop to make sure that as the bus went by, everybody got a glimpse of my hair. Like I was doing all the things because I was having that great an experience with the product. I do not know when the sale happened. What I do know is that I purchased a shampoo from the same line I had been using for eons at that point, And it broke my hair off. Shampoo broke my hair off. I was pulling clumps of hair out. Baby, I wanted to fight. You hear me? And these hands work. The girl was mad. So I did what I do and I got on social media and I let them have it. They sent me an apology, asked for my address. Honestly, I thought they was going to send me a refund check. What they sent me was a box of, pro of Shea Moisture products from a different line. Now, what in the fuck make y'all think I'm about to put y'all products back in my hair? I do not know. What I do know is I wanted to square up with the box. I did end up giving the products away. I didn't hear anything negative when I gave the products away. So I assumed the products worked well for the person I gave it to. So that's awesome. But me and Shea Moisture, girl, when we fell out, we fell the fuck out. Then on the very opposite end of the spectrum is the main choice. That is a brand that is black, well now black founded, but at the time black owned and founded by a black woman. And I had been using that brand since before they had like fancy packaging. And I, as the brand grew, I grew with them, tried all the things, stuck with the things that really worked for my hair and the things that weren't for my hair product wise. You know, I just didn't use them, but I never had a bad experience. When the brand was about to be sold, Courtney gave a big announcement online, letting the consumers know, the people that helped build her brand up, that the brand was in fact going to be sold, which I thought was extremely classy. One, it gave us the opportunity to kind of go buy out the old stuff because this is not any of our first experiences with the brand being bought out and formulas being changed X, Y, and Z. So it gave us that, op but also it gave us the opportunity to know where our money was going. And that's also very important when we talk about black owned businesses. That entire main choice experience made me feel appreciated as a consumer and as someone who, for all intents and purposes, 
helped to build up the value of the brand because I had been buying since the very beginning. I thought it showed a lot of respect towards her customer base, which again leads us, you know, to the query. Is that something that we're owed? You know, are, do we deserve to know in advance of a brand being sold that, hey, I'm selling this brand, so do what you need to do. So Courtney, very much like the sister from The Honey Pot, did express that this was a part of her business life cycle. This was her succession plan to grow the brand and then to be able to sell the brand. This got me thinking about other conversations that I had been a part of. A conversation that often comes up in these scenarios is why aren't there black conglomerates to buy our brands? Okay, first of all, hello. That brings us right back to what came first, the chicken or the egg. That brings us back to the initial, like the initial call of the question as far as generational wealth. We are literally in the infancies of rebuilding generational wealth. Let us never forget the millions and millions of ways that we've been stifled in this country from developing generational wealth. So where do you think these big black conglomerates are coming from? We are now, just now, again, this is very nouveau to have our, su our super wealthy blacks be socially conscious with their money in droves. That is new. We used to have a small sect of affluent black people who were conscious in spending and in deed and in word. That was not a large thing. There were, I assure you there were more OJs than there were Sydney Portiers. I promise you that. I promise you that. Now we are living in an era in a space where wealthy, affluent black people in droves are going out of their way to put money back into communities, to invest in education for other black people, to invest in opportunities that give access where access had been previously denied. We're living in very different times, but it is still the infancy. So it takes time to develop those kind of conglomerates that we would be able to sell to and come off with the kind of money that these small brands are coming off with once they build their brand up. Again, I'm, I'm never going to be the girl to stifle anybody's bag because I feel like it would be hypocritical of me to say that I support you building generational wealth whilst stopping you from building, wait for it, generational wealth. You know, like I said, I've been on both sides of the coin. I am just being more conscious now to lean into what I know in rebusiness, in rebuilding generational wealth, and just us not having to start over again. The more generational wealth we build, the less we have to start over. Every time we have to start over, we lose the recipes, and it becomes that much harder for us to one, even get back to where we were, much less get to where we would have been. You know, when we when we lose businesses, and, and again, I could be the devil's advocate all day because I understand that when we lose businesses, it is not just a loss of a business, or at least that's not what it's been historically, which might be another reason for the visceral reaction. 
when we lose businesses, we don't just lose a business. You know, our communities are often destroyed by it. People are, you know, out of work. There's a whole ecosystem that is often destroyed that directly affects black people when we lose our, when we lose a small business or a small brand. So I get it. I don't not get it. I guess to some extent it it bears the original question, do we not know enough about business? Because as the black business owner armed with that knowledge, what do we do to mitigate that as we navigate the life cycle of our businesses? What are we negotiating in our sell contracts to ensure that we don't destroy a black ecosystem in the process? I don't have the answers, people. I just, I, I'm just a girl with a lot of questions that wants to see us all win without knocking each other every time we get a win, because that's hurtful to see. So please tap in with Black Girl SOS and let me know what your thoughts are on this. Are you a small business owner? Do you have a business mentor? Um, what are your thoughts on black brands selling and going mainstream? Do you feel like when black brands sell that they're selling out? All the things unfiltered, I would love to hear from you. Tap in with us on Instagram at Black Girl SOS, girl with the Y, not with an I. Additionally, on TikTok, same handle, Black Girl SOS, girl with the Y, not with an I. I am really looking forward to hearing what you all have to say. Definitely let me know if you've had this experience. You do not have to mention the brand if you don't want to, but please share your story because I'm super curious to know where everybody's falling. If you own a business yourself, definitely mention that. I'd love to see if there is a dichotomy between business owners and non-business owners. Anyway, go out, have a great day, shop your favorite black brand, whether it is black owned or black founded. And until next time, sis, you have a good one.